Okay. Uh, so in the last two classes we did in this uh, series about who is a Jew and what is a Jew, um, we were discussing how a Jewish soul is totally different to all other kinds of souls. And it's even something that's beyond, not just, um, not just beyond the, uh, uh, those people who are denying God, who are against God, who are acting immorally, but the Jewish soul is something which is far beyond comparable, even to those who are very pious Gentiles. Something about the Jewish soul that is far beyond everything else in creation. And we looked at this from the lens of two stories in the Torah. The story of the, uh, okay, the story, thank you. The story of how Hashem told Abram to leave his birthplace and the, um, the story of um, Abram offering his son as a sacrifice by the story that came. And today, continuing this um, same idea, uh, we're going to explore another story in the Torah about the second of our patriarchs, Yitzchak. Um, the uh, Yitzchak is the first one who was born as a Jew. And just like the Jewish people experienced a change, the better, through the giving of the Torah, so too, when the first Jew was born as a Jew, Yitzchak, there was something that he was given that was beyond what was there before. So to, to understand this, let's um, discuss a conversation that Yitzchak had with uh, Yishmael and Avram had with, with God. When uh, Avram was told by God that he was going to have another child, uh, Avram said to God, Lu If I have such merit to be able to have a miracle happen to me that at my age I should still have a child, I want to use that merit and ask you that Yishmoel should be someone who lives before you. What does to live before God mean? Rashi explains. To live with reverence of God. Yishmoel should be someone who lives with fear of God, not just fear of God, the way that anyone might interpret it, but fear of God, the way Avram Avinu understood it. That means we're talking about a level of piety that Avram Avinu would be proud of. So his question, his request of God is, you're, you're, you're telling me I'm going to have a child. Avram's response is, I just want that my son Yishmael should live before you. I want him to be the way he's meant to be. So God responds and says, no, no, your future, future Jewish people is connected to the son that's going to be born to you, the son that you're going to call Yitzchak. He is the one that is your offspring that will continue and be the eternal nation of the Jewish people. So we see from this, number one, that although Yishmael's didn't end up being a very pious person. Abram's prayer wasn't answered uh, in the positive for whatever reason. He ended up being a parallel. He ended up being a very wild, uh, unseemly kind of person. But even if his prayer was answered, even if Avram got his wish come true and Yishmael would have been this pious, amazing person, God still says to him, that's not what you're about. You're not about the pious Yishmael. 
what I have in store for you is beyond whatever Yishmael can possibly do. What I have for you is something that's different and unique, that's associated with you, Avraham, that Yishmael can never possibly get. And that is what Yitzchak is going to receive. So that's the story of Yitzchak's birth. Another discussion that Yishmael had with Yitzchak following the Yitzchak being offered as a sacrifice on that king. Uh, David, I think your your uh, the mute thing is going on and off. So uh, uh, when Yitzchak was offered on the Akeda, Yitzchak um, comes back from the Akeda with Yishmael, and Yishmael says to Yitzchak, "You know, I am more beloved by God than you are." Okay, why is that? Yishmael said, "Because you had a circumcision at the age of eight days." while I had a circumcision at the age of 13 years old. And that's a pretty strong argument. But Yitzchak is not impressed by his argument. And he says, specifically, I am more precious to, to, to God than you are because I had a circumcision at the age of eight days old. It's because I was circumcised at the age of eight days that I am more precious than you. The question is, what does that mean? On the surface, Yishmael's right. When someone has to go through a terrible pain in order to do something that God asked them to do, doesn't that indicate that they're on a higher level, that they're they're closer, that they're doing something special? Wouldn't Yishmael uh, be correct in saying that he is more precious because of the sacrifice that he had to um, to be circumcised? So the um, hold on a second. So, so to understand this, what exactly? Why was it better that you, that uh, that Yitzchak was um, circumcised at eight days old? Why is it considered better than Yishmael? To understand this, let us go to explain the first idea first about the birth of Yitzchak. Um, the Jewish people in history have encountered. Uh, kinds of uh, anti-Semitism and persecution that surpasses any other nation. And yet other nations who did not experience the kind of persecution that we did, didn't remain. There aren't any um, Romans walking around and uh, neither are all, all other nations that existed very, very you know, colossal nations, they're not there anymore. The Jewish people who were persecuted every generation, as we say in the Haggadah, the of Passover, Behold, every generation, they set upon us to destroy us. We are like, the Talmud says, like one sheep among 70 wolves. So it doesn't make sense that we could exist when we are uh, constantly being persecuted. So why do we exist? The reason we do, the Talmud says, is because we are like, uh, because he's a great shepherd, because God, because God saves us, every generation, from whoever tries to destroy us. The Jewish people are eternal. They, they are a miraculous nation. Their survival is miraculous. That puzzles all historians. And this is something that the Torah already alludes to, how we are different and we are miraculous people. We are eternal people. In the conception of the very first Jew who was born as a Jew in Yitzchak. Yitzchak is born in a miraculous way. As we learned in the previous classes, the, the world 
there are four categories. There is inanimate, vegetation, animal, and human. Inanimate things, they're only, they only exist as a physical uh, being. Their soul just makes them come into existence, but they have no life, no spirituality in them at all. Unlike vegetation, where you see already this idea of growth, and in animals, you see not just growth, you see in animals, they have having a life, high, that they have their own life and existence. And man has an even greater gift, man is able to think and understand things. But all of these four categories are categories of creation. A Jew is given something else, which is godly, which is not part of creation. And not just he's given something that's part of creation, that's beyond creation, which is the second soul described in Tanya, that's a that's an actual part of God. Not only do we have another soul besides the intellectual soul, besides the animal soul, we have a godly soul. But as we'll see in the future classes, God willing, that godly soul is our very essence. That's our very core. That's who we are. We are our godly soul. We are Nisham. Our Nisham is our true identity. So, therefore, the very beginning of the Jewish people, we see something miraculous, something eternal, something divine. The Jewish people are born as a people. And what happens when they're born as a people? There's something that um, a miracle happens. For the Jewish people to come onto the scene, a miracle happens. That shows that who, what is our essence? Our essence is something that's supernatural, that's beyond limitations of creation. It's not just true for the Jewish people as a whole, it's also true for every individual Jew. Every individual Jew, their life is something miraculous, is something that's supernatural. So Yitzchak's birth in a miraculous way was emblematic of of who every Jew really is. So every Jew is really a miracle. Why is a Jew a miracle? Because a Jew's essence is in the Shaman, the Jew's essence is in godly soul. So let's now go into the, the second item that we started with today. The Yitzchak is circumcised at eight days, and Yishmael is circumcised at 13 years, and Yishmael says his bris, his circumcision was a greater expression of devotion to God, and Yitzchak says, no, his circumcision at eight days is great. So first of all, why is it greater? But besides asking why is it greater, the bigger question is, why indeed does a circumcision happen in eight days? What's the point of circumcising a baby eight days old? The baby has no idea what the baby's doing. Baby can't, can't agree, cannot agree. But what's the point of taking a baby and circumcising them at eight days? What does it even mean? So to understand this, let's talk about uh, love. The two different kinds of love. You can love someone. Reuven and Shimon can love each other. Why do you love each other? Reuven understands Shimon's virtues. Reuven understands how Shimon is an incredible person, very good character, and Reuven loves Shimon. And Shimon loves Reuven, they both appreciate each other. Because they appreciate and love each other, and they're afraid their love will not uh, withstand the test of time, make a pact with each other that no matter what happens, Reuven will love Shimon and Shimon will love Reuven. That's one kind of love. A love that's based on something external, on the understanding of Reuven and the virtues of Shimon. Something that is just in the mind of Reuben. Reuben appreciates how the greatness of Shimon. And how long is the love for? How deep is the love? It depends how much Reuben understands the virtues of Shimon, how much he appreciates those virtues. That's how long the love will last, and that's how deep the love is. They may make a pact together that they'll love each other no matter what, but it's based on something external. Then there is a love that is called in Hasidus, Ava Atzmis, the love of the core, like the love of, of a father to a son. The reason a father loves a son is not only because the son acts in an amazing way and his father's proud of the way his son is acting, but even if the son does not act at all, 
in the way that the father has any pride, the father is upset at the way his son is behaving, he can't discard his relationship with the son. It's something which is in the essence of the father. And so to the son, to the son's love to the father, is not something the son can eradicate, the son can remove from himself. Inborn in himself, because he is a part of his father, just like the father has to love his son because he loves himself. Because when you love, your, Hashem created us with a self, natural self-love. So the reason the father loves his son is because the son's a part of him. Just as the father loves himself, he loves his son. So to the son as a part of the father in him, so his love for his father is the love of himself. It's not something that he could, he decides to have or not to have. That's just who he is. So in a similar way, Jewish people are called children of God. The meaning of children of God is that, as God says in the Gemara, uh, whether they act this way, they act in that way, they are my children, and it's not possible to exchange them for any other nation. It's impossible. I cannot, Hashem says, so to speak, I can't switch them for another nation. And just like this is true for God, that he can't let go of us, so too is it true for us, that no matter what happens, as it says in chapter 19 and chapter 18 in Tanya, that we don't have any saints. Other nations, other, other religions have saints. One person who gave up his life for the religion. But the Jewish people don't have that kind of thing because when the crusaders came and, and others that persecuted Jewish people, uh, no one, when, when all this was happening, the whole communities of people, men, women, and children, not the scholarly, not the, the, the erudite, not those who were pious, the whole communities gave up their lives rather than give up the Judaism. Where does it come from? The reason that that, that that phenomenon is there is because of the love of the Jew to God is a love of the essence of his soul and something which he didn't create, not something that he forged with his mind and heart, but rather it's because his essence is one with God's essence. Just like God can't discard his love for us, we can't get rid of the, our love for God. This is actually halacha. Halacha is that a Jewish body, God forbid, person passes away, so there is a purity that the body emits, not just by touching the body, but also in the tent, in the whole area where the body is, that, that area contracts impurity, ritual impurity. What about a Jew who is a renegade? He is, he is someone who rebels against God. Does his body also contract impurity or not? And the answer is, as it says in your Adeya, Simon Shanayi base, and Idrashma, the Mulagod explained that Yes, his body does emit ritual impurity. Why? Because God says about every Jew, Bani hand, they're my children. I can't get rid of them. I can't discard the bond they have. The Jew is his his holiness is such that his body also is considered like any other body, just like a regular Jewish body emits impurity, which is a discussion itself, because in short, the unclean forces like to go to places of holiness. So therefore they want to they're attracted to a place where there was once a Jewish soul. So this person was a renegade Jew. His body also is a place where the unclean forces want to attach themselves, and therefore there is, there's a purity there. So no matter what a Jew does, God still says, I can't let go. And so to vice versa, the famous, uh, famous halacha in Maimonides about the laws of divorce. If a Jew is commanded by a Jewish, by the court, to give a divorce to his wife, and he refuses. Allah is that he's beaten up until he says, I agree to give a divorce. Why is that divorce valid? It's interesting. It's not always valid. It's only valid 
if the halacha mandates he's supposed to give a divorce, if the court erred and they didn't, um, wasn't proper for them to force him to give a divorce, divorce is not valid. The reason why the divorce would be or wouldn't be valid is because it's dependent on is he doing what he really wants to do? A divorce is only kosher if he agrees to give a divorce. Does he agree? He says, I don't agree. They're beating him up. So, okay, I agree. But in his mind, why am I agreeing? Because they're beating me up. But deeper, subconsciously, it is the Shabbat, his soul wants the will of a God. So if the halach is, the Torah wants him to give a divorce, that's what he wants. If he does, if, if the Torah does not want him to give a divorce, so then although he says he wants to get a divorce, no, it's not considered a acceptance. That's it's considered coercion. That's not what he wants. Because it, so a Jew, no matter what's going on in his life, his essence is one with God, and he can't discard the relationship. And this will explain. This will help us understand the two differences between Yishmael and Yitzchak. Yishmael says to Yitzchak, "I'm better than you. Why am I better than you? I'm better than you because my circumcision was earlier on in life." Yishmael didn't just mean it was earlier on in life. His circumcision was a different kind of circumcision. And Yitzchak said, my circumcision is better because, sorry, Yishmael's circumcision was later on in life. That's why it's better, because he had to sacrifice, he had to go through pain to do the circumcision. And Yitzchak says, says, my circumcision is better because it was earlier in life. Their argument isn't just, is it better to do it earlier or later? Their argument is, what is a circumcision in the first place? And therefore, why is one better or worse? Depends on how you define the circumcision. So the two distinctions between Yishmael and Yitzchak, how Yishmael was born in a natural way, and Yitzchak was born in a supernatural way, that is what, what will determine how you define the idea of circumcision. Yishmael is born as a human being, part of creation. His relationship to God, how does a person get in touch with God? He understands that there must be some higher power who cares for him and takes care of him and, and, is, and is worthy of his love and devotion. So Yishmael says, you know what the best kind of circumcision is? When you are, have matured. And you've achieved a deeper understanding of relationship with God, then you could say that your your circumcision is uh, is, is 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 noble. However, Yitzchak has different opinion. Yitzchak says I was circumcised at eight days old, and Yitzchak says that's better because what is Yitzchak? Yitzchak is a part of God. Yitzchak is the first person that was born a supernatural way. His supernatural birth is emblematic of what a Jew is, that a Jew is not a part of creation, but a Jew is godly, a Jew is holy, a Jew is above creation, a Jew is a, a part of Hashem, part of God. So therefore, what is the definition of a bond with God, of a, of a bris bila, of a, of a circumcision? From the perspective of Yishmael, it's a very mature decision to devote yourself to God, which is only value, valuable if indeed you are a, uh, if you really are devoted to God. But according to Yitzchak, Yitzchak says, no, that's not a circumcision. Circumcision is not about your mature decision. A, a bridge, a covenant with God is because a Jew and God, like a father and a child, there's nothing we can do to sever this bond. So it's not something that we created, not something we could destroy. It's not something which is rational, not something which, which, which takes maturity. It's just a Jew and God are one of one essence. And therefore, specifically by circumcising a child at the age of eight days old, before he's able to develop any kind of opinion about what's being done to him, that actually indicates and expresses the core bond of the Jew to God that's beyond logical reason. It's not because of what makes sense and what he, how he feels and what he wants to do. So from the perspective of Yishmael, what's a better circumcision? 13, that's the highest kind of circumcision. From the perspective of Yitzchak, what's the best kind of circumcision? 
eight days because it's a different kind of circumcision. But Yitzhak's circumcision is not is the same as Yishmael's. Yishmael's circumcision is about a mature decision to give himself to vote himself to God. Yitzhak's circumcision is not about a mature decision. It's about a bond with God of one essence. The Jew is of one essence with Hashem. And therefore, it's beyond logical reason. It doesn't depend on what he understands, what he feels, what he wants to, what he doesn't want to do. The Jew and God are one. And therefore, the circumcision specifically is at eight days when the child doesn't even know what he's, what's happening because his connection is not about what's happening. That connection is not, a, connection is not about, based upon his understanding, his feeling. It's something which is just because it's just something which has to be because a Jew is a part of God. Uh, and that's why the Gemara says if someone refuses to, uh, to do Lul of an where it says in Kedushan and Kesubas Pevava Manalot, you beat the guy up until he dies. <laughs> what does that mean? Why you beat the guy up? Because what it means is that, forget about the morality of that question, that's not a different subject. But the guy just doing something, doesn't know what he's doing, doesn't feel anything about it. It's a mitzvah, he doesn't feel it. And yet, the, the definition of a mitzvah is not how, how, if you feel it. The definition of a mitzvah is, is that you are bonding with God. That's the definition of a mitzvah doesn't matter how you feel about it because your bond with God is not based upon your feelings. So just like the first Jew, his life was miraculous. The first one born as a Jew, Yitzvah. His life was miraculous life. He was born through a miracle. So to his kind of bond, his, the way he bonded with God was also something which was because his soul's one with God, not because of some rational or emotional or uh, decision. And therefore, the definition of each of a mitzvah, of each of us, each of us is like Yitzvah. What is a mitzvah about? A mitzvah is about not our rationale, not our feelings. We enjoy, we don't enjoy, we don't want to do the mitzvah. It's still a mitzvah anyways, because what a mitzvah is about is a bondage with God. Yeah, the last three minutes. <laughs> huh? All right, I think we'll stop here. Any, any questions?